Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to a special episode of this podcast recorded live at the Spoke Street Media booth during Seek 2023 in St. Louis. To find more shows recorded at Seek, search for The Seek Podcast in your favorite podcast app. Enjoy. We're live. We're live. We are live. Seek 23. What's up, everyone? Yeah. The future of the church has never looked so bright. Yeah, man, this is really promising, uplifting, just to see so many young people, um, see so many priests interacting with all of you. Uh, it's great to see. I wish more people here, but I don't know if we could fit many more in here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's pretty big. Yeah. So the, um, the theme of this year's Seek Conference is You Are Called. And, you know, Father Rich uh, wasn't able to make it. He was supposed to be here originally but he had to take care of some pastoral things in his parish. So we got the next best thing. One of my best friends, John Heinen from The Catholic Gentleman. And hey, the bench warmer. Yeah. That's Welcome, John. Yeah. So we're going to talk today a little bit about discernment. Because everyone here is, you know, for the most part, are young. And you're trying to look at what you're going to do with your life. And discernment is something that has so many facets, so many wrinkles, and so many ways to approach it. And then it's something that evolves and goes throughout your life. So we're going to look at both how John and Ryan, they both discerned the priesthood, but both became fathers. Yeah. We're going to talk about different ways that you can look at discernment and how there's some practical application to see where that leads you and find out how God is calling you. Now, Ryan, before we get started, I want to do one real quick thing. I want to give a big shout out to Spoke Street. Uh, they're the ones sponsoring the podcast booth here. They're awesome. We got this beautiful thing, way better than the set that we have on yeah. our thing. Uh, they can't Howard's keep up with, not here. They can't keep up with Howard, right? Um, and then again, I really want to thank uh, Seek and Focus for having us here, having this amazing event. But uh, John, man, welcome. Yeah, Seek. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to fill in for Father Rich. I'll do my best. That's right. I think outside of our uh, live YouTube where people are putting comments on, this is our first live show where people are actually looking yeah. at us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. This is what we look like without computer magic, you know? <laughs> that, that, that is to say that we have many edits on our shows because we go off into tangents. It's yeah, we got to use all kinds of filters and stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about discernment. What is discernment, guys? Yeah, I, I was thinking about uh, the approach to this, and... I think the, the best approach for me is just to share my discernment story. And you got a story, dude. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, instead of like sort of like advice and all this stuff, it's like everybody has this. Yeah. Like we're all created unique. God creates us all in a very unique way and loves us in a deeply personal way. And that sacrifice that we see sometimes growing up, learning our faith, you know, you're seeing it, but you're not personalizing it. And for me... When I left the church in college, uh, you know, I didn't have the benefit of focus and, and just these really happy and joyous people to bring me back into the church. You know, I, I was very empty after two or three years of college. And I went on a 
a retreat with uh, one of the CFRs that was here um, years ago and met Christ in the Eucharist. And what I realized is that, you know, God had a deep and personal love for me. But as I grew older, I had to make my faith my own. And, and it's a very difficult thing. And I think first and foremost, if we're, when, we're, when we're talking about discernment for me, I had to allow myself to be loved by God. Yeah. I had to allow myself to be loved deeply and personally by him. And the thing that really, I guess, like drew me into his heart after the Eucharist was his mercy. Yeah. Like I had all these things that I had done and I really didn't think God wanted anything to do with me. Mm. And when I met him in the Eucharist again, it was like, no, he loved me. He knew everything I was doing and he met me right there forgave me. And that cross became something deeply personal for me. That sacrifice that he had became a sacrifice that a brother, you know, I know he's God, but like that he did this for me just to bring me back into his love. And I think the first thing in discernment is allowing ourselves to be loved by God. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's earth shattering too, when you've had that experience and I came at it very differently. Um, anybody who's ever listened to my show knows, came at it intellectually, right? So I fell hard in love with the Catholic Church from apologetic standpoint, from a theological standpoint, but not from a relationship, not from a relationship with Christ at all. And, um, and I knew it, you know, so as the Baltimore Catum says, you know, the purpose of life is to know God, to love God, and to serve Him faithfully. I knew Him, but taking that leap to love God, really, for me, took a spiritual director, honestly. So he was a Franciscan T.O.R., um, may he rest in peace. But uh, just kind of piggybacking off of this idea of experiencing Christ's love, isn't that the purpose? I mean, that is the purpose and goal of life, is to experience Christ's love, to pray the rosary so that we can experience life, Christ's love, to fast so that we can better experience Christ's love and then allow him to love others through us. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think another big thing when it comes to discernment is avoiding those lightning bolt moments, right? Where this idea that... Um, uh, when I was praying for discernment, and I guess actually going back to what Ryan Shea was uh, getting at was kind of our discernment in life, I was uh, previously engaged, and uh, we had... When you were in college, When right? I was in college, when I was in undergrad at TCU, go Frogs. Um, uh-huh. And uh, when I was, uh, yeah, previously engaged, we broke up, um, I did my master's degree, and was discerning the priesthood. And I was waiting for that moment. I was truly waiting for that lightning bolt moment. I mean, I would, it is not um, an overstatement to say that I prayed three times a day for two and a half years for God to just show me what he wants me to do. Yeah, and you're you like know? one of the most disciplined dudes I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see you doing that, saying, okay, look, here's a process. That's if right. I pray, That's I do right. this every day. God's going to hit me with the thunderbolt, right off the horse, onto the road to Damascus, right. scales in the eye and everything, have to go down to Ananias and get him taken off. But That's, it's not like it's that. It's not like that at all, yeah. He, and I always say this, um, God reveals himself to me through the process. But I think it's also the same for everyone, right? Yeah. God reveals himself through the process. But at the same time, we get those, those knowings. We get those affirmations. When I did meet my wife, the best thing in my life, I've uh, been married for 12 and a half years. She, um, when I met her, it was instantly I fell in love. Took her a lot longer to fall in love with me, but, uh, <laughs> but I fell in love instantly with her. And when I asked well, her to marry me, it was... I think that's a good, a good analogy for God, you know, God always has loved you. And it takes a lot of time for, you know, us to find out 
that we love God and how to love God. Yeah. And I think a big part of discernment is understanding, and Ryan, you made this as a point, knowing that God loves you really is the first thing that allows you to then understand how to love back. Right. And I mean, that's like the model of the Trinity, right? There's the love, the beloved, right. and the love between them. He teaches us forgiveness because yeah. he forgives us. I mean, even in the Our Father, it's like, forgive us our sins as we forgive others yeah, that's right. who trespass against us. So all that, you know, I mean, even you look at the Bible, right? Like the Bible is, is a, it's a, it's a brutal book of humanity. Yeah. And, and a persistent, life-giving love of God, yeah. right? And and distrust and mistrust. And I mean, you have it all in there. I never read scripture, but when I read it, I'm like, wow, this is my family. Yeah. You so know, this, this is that is, Bible thing they're always talking about. That's, right. yeah, that's that Bible <laughs> thing we was reading, yeah. you know? You know, and I think this is, you know, discernment's particularly hard when people are at the age that so many of the yeah. people here are at. Uh, Lord, help us when I was 19 or 20, right? Yeah, Lord help us all. Um, yeah. They probably wouldn't have let me in here, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there. You're going to college and, and you're being introduced to a whole new lifestyle. You're yeah. out on your own a lot. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of pressures and there's a lot of different things to become to know and a lot of new things to love and a lot of new things to help you forget. And a lot of it can become, you know, antiseptic to the heart and to the mind because it's almost numbing how much is being thrown at you. Yeah. But this goes back to the parable of the sower, right? And I think that by the very virtue of here, that you're here, it's very likely that you're that deep, rich soil. And John, yeah. we were talking about this morning, that, that parable yeah. of, uh, of discernment that, again, it's not a lightning bolt. And your discernment can't be, okay, this is what I'm going to be. It's, there is a process to it because otherwise it's that seed that falls on the rocky ground. It sprouts up very fast. And you're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be. But discernment's a lifelong process. Discernment never stops. Vocation never stops because you live it. And all of this comes to the calling, and the calling is eternal. So there's different temporal aspects to discernment of your vocation and your calling. Yeah, I look at like my discernment into the seminary, my discernment to get married, my discernment of married life. Like how do I... How do I discern my relationship with my wife to be more life-giving, to overflow to our kids? Yeah. Uh, discernment every day. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a practice of uh, humility, right, to follow God. It's a practice of humility. I, I brought this uh, litany of humility out. I, I don't know if some of you guys have heard me read this before, but it's a barometer that we, we can't really meet. Like all of us to, to live this perfectly is it's impossible. John and I were talking about the litany of humility. Yeah. And I said, this prayer, like no other prayer makes me feel and stand self-accused. self-accused. I read this yeah. and I'm like, okay, yeah. I lack this. And this is really hard. But I guess well, the catechism says that the, the foundation of prayer is humility, right? So the very foundation of you calling on God is through your own humility. And so what are the things that block us from humility? These are the things that are in prayer. And so what I realized in the discernment process is that I was being blocked by my own desires, mm-hmm. right? My desire to be loved, right? My desire to be wanted, right? My desire to feel as if I am meaningful to somebody's yeah. life. I wanted to be a priest, but I wasn't called to be yeah. a priest, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but here are some of the things that in this prayer 
that we're asking God to remove of us so we can increase our humility to allow God to fill our hearts with wisdom and discernment, right? So the desire of being loved, honored, praised, consulted, approved, the desire from a fear from being humiliated, a fear of being despised, fear of being forgotten, right? Our Lord was forgotten. How many people were at the cross with him, you know, when he died? And how many souls did he touch and save, right? Like you think about that death that he had, you know, and, and he's lonely on the cross, right? This is, this is our pathway to discernment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, where are we to be? L- lastly, I'll just read a few. That others may be more esteemed than I. Um, that others may be, be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed. I'm just reading a few, but like these are the, this is a prayer that we're asking God to, to join our hearts with him because that is who he was on earth, right? Our, our, our goal is heaven, where a lot of the things that we read here are not, they're not a part of that. It's not a part of that community, this kingdom that he's built. Yeah, yeah. and that's really hard because everyone wants to be preferred. Everyone wants to feel wanted. And they're missing the idea that they are already so deeply wanted by the very foundation of existence, the unconditioned power of the Trinity. They are wanted in a way that is so much more than anything on this earth or any sort of community or any other person can give to you, even your parents or your wife or your husband or whomever. But that desire to be wanted is so innate in humankind. And it's almost like, um, you know, the... The, the argument for the proof of God from the innate and desire for the seek for him. Yeah. You want to be wanted because you are wanted. And you, are, you want food because you're hungry. Right. You have these innate desires. And when you understand that you are wanted by God, the desire to be preferred by others, to be That's chosen That's that part of the others. heart yeah. that was made for that desire was, was when, when I encountered God and I learned of his desire to love me and my desire for love, it, it met its fulfillment, That's that a, desire. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. As St. Augustine says, there are three virtues to get to heaven, humility, humility, and humility, right? <laughs> That's right. And, um, and so the same thing with the litany of humility. I'm going to call anybody out there. If, if you haven't been praying it, you should start. It is incredible. I've yeah. gone six-month periods where I pray it every single day. It's very powerful. But... Two moments, uh, a lightning moments, I would say, uh, not lightning, but Lightning moments, powerful, we just said there wasn't any. Powerful, yeah. um, St. Paul disagrees, but no, um, two, two moments for me, uh, uniformity with God's will, right? And so, and that's what I'm hearing as you guys are going in this, is that that desire that was built within my heart through St. Alphonsus, uh, uniformity with God's will, he's one of my favorite saints of all time, doctor of moral theology. Um, uniformity with God's will, you can read in an hour. It's like super small. You can get it for it's free, free online. online. Exactly. And um, learning. So again, it was for me still head knowledge, right? It was always head knowledge to the heart. It wasn't it wasn't the reverse, but it, it unfolded for me in that way. So when I would read Uniformity with God's Will, I'd immediately desire it. And it was like, oh, that desire was then put on my heart. And then I was able to truly experience Christ both in the Eucharist and um, and through my prayer. And, you know, and, but this is still a battle of my lifetime, right? It doesn't it didn't yeah. change. Right. I still struggle with these things this morning when I I was praying the daily office it was you know it was uh 
tasking and difficult to stay focused and to remind myself because seek's going on and I got to get out there, you know, I got to see people. And so, um, but if we don't unite ourselves with uniformity to his will, understanding that his will is the the happiest we will ever be, right? He desires that for us. Actually, another St. Augustine quote, uh, St. Augustine said that God desires our good and happiness more than we desire to receive it. And just think about that. Like, he desires it, and of course he does. But just remember that, right? He desires our good and our happiness more than we desire to receive it. And so it's our goal to grow in that receptivity and that love that God can bring us. So that was was one thing for me. And uh, the second thing for me was uh, when I met my wife, the second date I was on with her, she showed me uh, St. Louis de Montfort's uniformity, I'm sorry, um, uh, true devotion to Mary, and trying to win her heart, like truly, like, again, right, the two greatest commandments, the second being love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to win the love of this, this beautiful woman. Um, uh, and, uh, and so I read the whole true devotion to Mary, right? Not, not the consecration, the but the actual... The things we do for love. Huh? That's right. The things we do for love. Yeah. Praise be to God, right? That it was, this is the lady I found and I wasn't reading some, you know... Stephen King novel or something. Um, and, and so, yeah, when I read True Devotion to Mary... doing the Sprite Challenge. Yeah, doing the Sprite Challenge. Which, exactly. which we did. So we got Might all of our done. guys together and we did the Sprite Challenge. Yeah. It, it didn't go well. It did Maybe we'll post that. No, but but I, and I'm just going to add that. Like, when I finally went through the consecration to our Blessed Mother um, 13 years ago... It was it, it was also transformative. And every single day, I'm totally thine and all that I have belongs to you, oh, my sweet Jesus, through Mary, your holy mother. And I say that every single day. And again, it's that practice. It's that consistency. But at the same time, it's really opened my heart to uh, Christ's love. And I heard a cardinal at a mass say that the consecration to Jesus through Mary was the single most powerful vocational prayer yeah. in our church, right? Mm. And we were there for the consecration, and it's had a very deep impact in our lives. Our lives well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Our Lady, what is she if not the very mother and the very first Christian theologian and the first person in a Catholic context to actually make a discernment? You know, at the Annunciation, she's called the mother of theologians because they said, you, you will become yeah. with child. And she said, how can this be so? That's the first catholic theological question ever posed and then her discernment to which led to a fiat Mm. her discernment to follow christ her discernment to trust in god i mean our lady is the model of all things of christian virtues and we can look to her you know and in all the saints lives that have ever read there's a couple elements that are uniform so if anyone wants to be a saint and the only tragedy in life is to not Not be be a a saint saint. these are the things that i've seen happen time and time again number one a deep devotion to our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah, amen. A devotion to His Mother, Our Lady. Mm. A devotion to humility, and then an abandonment of one's own will to the divine will. That is the recipe for making saints. Yeah. Now, you can be a saint in any context. You don't have to be a priest. You don't have to be Father Rich. You don't have to be Father Mike Schmitz. You don't have to be Sister Miriam. You could yeah. be, um, you know, you could be a, a barista. You yeah. could be a the garbage cool, man. Yeah, the coolest thing is, is that God's through this, this sanctity that, you know, we hope for, we ask, ask for the grace for, is that God created us and has called us by name. But he's also given us very unique gifts, talents, 
not not to be like the best engineer in the world or yeah. you know build the next rocket to Saturn or whatever, but he's given us unique gifts and experience to give the love of God to others, to give the love of God to our wives, to yeah. our children, if you're so called, to again allow yourself to be loved. I mean. Uh, uh, Fulton Sheen says every priest should go to adoration one hour a day, right? Why? To receive the love of God as a center. Yeah. Because you're distributing that love of God through yeah, the you, sacraments to the people that you're you serving. You can't in your give marriage. something you don't have. That's right. right. And if you don't receive the love of Christ, if you don't receive the spirit of discernment, it's not something you can give to others. But those yeah. gifts and talents that he's given each and every one of us in a very deep and profound and personal way, to acknowledge those as you get older, to go back to that in your discernment. Like where, like, where's God calling me? Well, he's created me in this unique way, right? Like it's, it's really cool. And as you get older, you become more and more aware of it, you know? And, and we're on this journey to uniting to God and heaven. And that unity is that process of understanding who he's created inside of you. Yeah. You know? I'm really feeling um, called right now to bring up, you know, how do we get to that step in our own life, right? And, and it's, it's not through, again, I'm going to bring up St. Alphonsus. No, actually, Father Jacques Philippe is popping in my head. Actually, his book over there, uh, Searching for and Maintaining Peace. If you don't have it, it's at Scepter Publications over there. It's phenomenal. But um, that book is popping in my head. But it's not going to come from reading more books. It's not going to come from, you know, um, you know actively uh, uh, trying, to, trying to pursue a devotion. It, you can't manufacture. You can't manufacture. Thank you. It, it is going to come from the contemplative gaze on our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and that was really hard for me. I mean, it's brought me to tears many times, but it was really hard to me because I was like, this seems goofy. Like, this doesn't seem like this is what's going to, you know, but I, I trusted these men. Do I believe that St. Alphonsus was exponentially smarter than I am? Yes. Do I believe that he was exponentially more devoted to Christ and Our Lady? We agree, and, John. You know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, uh, you know, and so... When I started doing that, when I just started resting in prayer, uh, this is while I was doing my master's degree in New Haven, Connecticut, and I was at St. Mary's uh, where Father McGivney's buried, and I would literally just sit there for an hour with no plan and just trusting in Christ in the tabernacle. And that moment, those moments, that persistent, that consistency and that persistence uh, really just started opening my, my heart. But I, I think that's just, I don't know, it's really important to remember that. Yeah, Eucharistic Adoration, um, that hour, and I like how you said that, going in there without a plan. Yeah. Um, you know, there's certainly devotions and things you can do and whatever, but going in there without a plan and just experiencing that was really huge in my life. Now, I got a question I want to ask both of you guys. Now, we've got a lot of young people here, right? No. Young adults. <laughs> 18, 19, 20, whatever. If you can go back, now as seasoned men, Ryan, you got, you got all that salt and pepper. That's good. right. No, and John great. Heinen, you're the Catholic gentleman. You are now a very you know, refined, grown man who has accomplished stuff. And you guys have both accomplished a lot in your life through your discernment. What would you go back and tell yourself if you were just one of these kids out here in the crowd? Be at what peace. would you tell yourself? Yeah, be at peace. Be at peace. I, I struggle with anxiety. I've struggled with everything. So I was a professional trumpet player for years. That was my pursuit. He's to be, awesome. He's to be, so talented. To be the best trumpet player. I traveled all over, got hired to play for the Beijing Olympics 2008. Um, I, you know, I did, I did 
so much. And that's what that was my game plan, right? Practice five hours a day, practice seven hours a day. Again, it's always the plan. It's my plan and a lot of pressure and stuff like that. But here I am now getting to work with these, um, you know, incredible men and uh, um, working uh, and then getting to do the Catholic gentleman and um, and having an incredible family. Right. So I'm a father. I've got five incredible kids with me. Seven already entrusted the infant love and mercy of God. That suffering, that sacrifice. If I could just have consistently reminded myself giving searching for and maintaining peace when I was younger <laughs> if I could just have, I must have read that book like a hundred times now and and so that that would be my my note to self I think that, that's great advice because I mean what is being young if, if not being in transition and turmoil yeah. there's so much that you're trying to find out there's so much that is changing in your life and the directions that you're setting. And there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of uncertainty because you're really at the crossroads in your life. And for so many people, especially in our culture, you'll see that something up to 50 or 60% of people, when they go to college, will lose their faith because they're hitting this crossroad. And that's a really dangerous time for you. So I mean, I'm going to encourage everyone out there to really safeguard your faith and have some discipline and practices so that the world doesn't chip away at it because it will. But having that peace right? That peace, which comes with that good, deep, fertile soil, that it's going to grow in time. You know, you have that solid foundation. And with time, that peace will allow these things to really bloom. You know, Ryan, Ryan, what's yours? What would you tell yourself in 19? Oh, man, I would say don't get arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I almost I I, I'm lucky to be alive, you know, through the what, what what had transpired in my college years. I'm very lucky to be alive. But you know, I had a lot of anxiety and I was not, I was afraid, you know, and my reaction to fear was to dive into things that were unhealthy for me. Um, and then the other thing would be just to uh, think about others more, yeah. because when you think about others, God seems to think about Service, you, yeah. you know, and when you think about yourself all day long, you're surely going to have a bad day because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you get in your own head That's yeah. right. and, you, and you stand again. I mean, what is Satan? That is, you know, from the Hebrew word for the accuser. Yeah. And when you're thinking about yourself and your thoughts are not on God, you're doing Satan's work. You are being self-accused. And when you're in your own head, you will accuse yourself and then you'll hide in shame just like Adam and Eve did. When they realize their sin, they want to cover themselves. They want to hide themselves from God. That's the first instinct of a sinful and fallen person is to hide from God. Yeah. But when you are thinking about others, Ryan, you're not standing self-accused. You're not hiding from God. And I, I mean, you know, you're in college or whatever, you're a young person, you do some stuff. You're like, like you said, yeah. I'm not really worthy of love. I'm just going to go and kind of wallow in it a little more. Don't be afraid. Like John Paul II was my Pope. Yeah. Be not afraid. Yeah. Be not Amen. afraid. He constantly said, don't be afraid. Yeah. And I was just filled with fear. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Right. And one thing that I want to talk about too, is how many of you guys have gone to confession more than once? Good. And if you oh, haven't, good there's party. like some great confession yeah. <laughs> going on here. But here's my point, right, is St. Jose Maria Escriva, he talked about that the, the saint is not the person who never fails, right? But the person who that gets back up after he's fallen with holy stubbornness, right? And so I just want to encourage each and every one of you, 
if you if you want to pray the rosary every day, awesome. And you do that great for three months, and then you fall off. You know, uh, Father Mark Mary was up here, and I, I just love what he has to say about that. Is like, you know what? Let's re-strategize. Um, let, let's say, okay, maybe it's just going to be 15 minutes, and I'm not going to get through the rosary in that 15 minutes. It's okay, right? Because God loves me, and God wants my happiness, and he wants me to continue giving him of that time. But let's start right there. You fall off after 15 minutes, and that doesn't work. Let's re-strategize, right? Because God is always calling you. He's calling each of us. And, um, and so I just want to I, I encourage you, because I remember in college the consistent habitual sins and the constantly going back. I'm pretty open book, so if you ever want to hear my sins, just listen to my podcast. And, um, and, um, and so I remember that, and I remember falling into despair for like months on end, right? And, um, and, and so I just encourage you to, to run to confession uh, and, and to, but also if you're just feeling in devotions, it's not even sin, but it's just something that, that you're not able to do, right? You don't have to pray the rosary every day, wear the brown scapular, pray the, the, you know, the divine office, go to mass every day, go to holy adoration every day, right? Those are all incredibly beautiful things, but God loves you for who you are and for who he created you to be. And it's our job through that discernment process to figure out who that is. Yeah, I would say like confession, you know, we think about it, it's a sacrament and everything, but like develop, like, you know, you have a relationship with your mother. You know a lot about her. You grew up with her, your father. Hopefully, you know, your parents are still alive. But you know everything about them. You know the good things. You know the bad things. You know how they get this way or yeah. that way. Uh, in your relationship with God, think about the relationship of that you have with Christ in his mercy, right? That is a That should be a source of joy. It should be a wellspring of you know, wanting to have mercy for others. It is literally one of the most important aspects of our relationship with God is practicing, receiving, and growing in the reception of his mercy, right? Like that's, that is a very big part of that relationship. One of the most powerful parables is the parable of the prodigal son. And I think the parable of the prodigal son is a great barometer. It's a great way to measure where you are in your spiritual life. Sometimes you feel like the son who didn't leave, who's feeling unnoticed. Other times you feel like the son who went off and went crazy, right? But what you guys were saying really made me think of being at that point in your life where you're more identifying with the prodigal son. And you went out off to college or you went out in the real world and you spent it all and you did it all. And now you're kind of in it, right? And I love in the the humility that Mm. the prodigal son, and he doesn't get enough credit for this, is that he said, look, I've blown it. I'm no longer my father's son. Yeah. But maybe even my father's workers have somewhere to eat and somewhere to sleep. I will go back to him, not as a son. I'll go back to him as a worker because I know I can at least trust in that. But he's so broken. But he goes back and is received as a son. And that's an aspect of the parable that I don't think a lot of people discern when they're reading it is that he wanted to go back as just a nobody just to get some peace. But he went back and was given the finest things. And that's how God, that's how our father treats Rich. us. Amen. He has Rich such a mercy. super abundance. There is no limit to what he can give. Right. And if you just have the humility yeah. to discern that and to receive that, he gives it in such super abundance that there's enough for you, there's enough for the one who didn't go, <laughs> there's enough for everyone, right? Yeah, the uh, patron saint of our, uh, one of the patron saints of our talk show is St. Dismas, who died on the cross next to Jesus. And, you know, talk about mercy. He's, 
he's going to be with him in paradise well, today. He like, and he led this whole life of sin and recognized Jesus on his dying breath. I mean, and I'm he was a, one of the first ones in heaven. Yeah. Well, I, I propose that he is the first canonically um, named Catholic saint. Yeah. Because Jesus said, "Today, this day, you will be with me in heaven." I mean, if that's, I mean, obviously that's more authoritative than even you know any pronouncements on earth. So he's the first saint. So he, but he got in at the, you know, that he got in at the twenty third hour, right? <laughs> it's like I was robbing yeah. people doing this and that, and I'm on the cross. But then again, what the great Another analogy of that is there was two sinners and they were both talking to Christ. One of them asked to be taken down. Yeah. The other one asked to be taken up and one of them received paradise and the other, that's a matter of conjecture, <laughs> right? But other. I think that, you know, entering into that suffering, entering into your sinfulness and asking for that forgiveness asking to be taken up and entering into yeah. the mystery and the suffering of the cross, instead of asking to be taken down and avoiding it, our world is so good at giving people the opportunity to avoid any pain. Yeah. There is always another video to watch, another reel to see, another drink to have. Distractions abound. Distractions everywhere. And that yeah. is being asked to be taken down. That's right. You know, And they do take you down. These things take you down mentally and spiritually. So it has to be taken up like Dismas. Yeah. 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 And that's why he's our patron saint is because we are all products and joyful lovers of our Lord's mercy, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, we need it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Going back, though, real quick to the prodigal son, um, another one that eluded me very frequently uh, when I was reading it was the love of God, right? That comes out in that story. And, and I just want to keep on coming back to that about how much God loves you, how much he loves me, how much he loves us. And how much does he love me, John? Yeah, he this much. That to, much? to the moon and back. <laughs> to the moon and back. And um, he stole that from his five-year-old. That's right, I did exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what does God do? What does God the Father do when He sees um, His Son returning? Right? Does He stand up? Does He wait? No, God stands up. And he, does He walk to Him? No, God stands up and runs to Him. He runs to you. He runs to me. To share his love to, you know, the, the greatest joy of Christ is a repentant sinner and to give forth that mercy. And, and that is our God. Our God is a God of love, as we know. And he seeks you and he pursues he you. He does, exactly. And, and without, without embracing that reality, uh, discernment is tough, yeah. you know, because you, you feel like you're not worthy. You know, you, you right. get into the accusations of sin uh, and we all get into it. And, you know, at, at some point, you know, you just have to trust and have faith and that God would receive you yeah. the way that he received the prodigal son. Yeah. I mean, in a place like this, you know, we said the word seek. We're here at seek 23. Yeah. Hashtag seek 23. Right. Hashtag, We're here in the yeah. Spoke Street um, media <laughs> booth, which is awesome. But there's a lot of great groups here that we've worked with that we've recommended. Groups like Exodus 90. Groups like Hollow. Groups like Augustine hey, Institute. Hey, 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 um, booths like Everything Catholic. Which will probably be over there afterwards. You want to come by and say hi. Uh, there's groups like the Catholic Gentlemen, you know, and for you young men out there, yeah, this is a great resource. The Catholic Gentleman, you know, my man made his mistakes, but then you see how he's grown and refined and, and found his discernment. Uh, Catholic Gentleman is a great resource. Check out their podcast. It's at CatholicGentleman.com. They have books. They have all kinds of great things and resources 
to help you discern. And then there's all these religious orders. There's so many opportunities to help you discern. Yeah. Uh, go out and f- seek them like our Lord seeks you. Yeah, exactly. That's your response to his mercy is to respond to it. And, and there's one thing that I like to, so it's something that we bring up very frequently in the Catholic Gentleman, is that God might be calling you to be an engineer. He might be calling you to be a computer software you know, individual. We try and really bring it out is that God is calling you to be you wherever you are at. And we need more people in the world. You do not need to be a Catholic professional, ministry leader, etc., to be doing God's will. And that's so important. You'll see with like half of the guys that I, I bring on my shows and uh, guys that I invite for the blog and everything like that are all about men that are software developers, men that are bakers, men, a guy that's a barber, you know, yeah. but they're able to evangelize and to minister and to love and to in act in service in their place. You know, if the only way you thought that you were called to serve God was to be an apostle, well, the church would have never grown beyond 12 people, right? Yeah. There is... The church grew because the apostles gave these vocations to other people. And then you had people who were bakers, butchers, candlestick makers who became the church. So no matter what you are. Cows jumping over the moon. All right. We got a (laughs) shout out. What's up? So no matter what you're studying in school, whether you're not going to school, whatever it is, bringing an authentic Catholic face and a discernment of the spiritual life and a representation of yeah. Christ into that is what the world needs as much as more priests. What Amen. the world needs now. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's what we do in our professional life. He, you yeah. weren't called to be a priest. I wasn't called to be a priest. Well, and, but we yeah. brought our faith into stuff like this, stuff into our work. Right. And, and I was talking to a young man who watches our show who's uh, discerning the priesthood. And he, he said it perfectly. He was given really good advice. He's like, if you're not sure, go to the seminary. If, if it's in there somewhere, go to the seminary because that is the place of discernment. Yeah. Right. I, 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 like I said, I wanted to be a priest, but God wasn't calling me to be one. Yeah. It sucked. Like yeah. I really, I still want to be a priest. I'm like, man, he's like coming down through my fingers, you know, like. Well, and, and I truly never thought that I would be doing this. I never thought I would be working in the church. I was a yeah. professional musician. I mean, that was my yeah. life, right? So I went, got multiple degrees in music, and now I've got an incredible family. I'm a marketing professional, and I get to work in the church. But that was all God. I prayed a two-and-a-half-year novena, incessant novena to St. Joseph. I prayed for two and a half years to get a job so that I could support my family. As I was making like $30,000 a year and we had a baby and my wife, who is incredible, decided to not work um, and stay with the baby. And it was like, how am I going to support this family? We didn't have health insurance and, um, and, you know, starving artist quite literally, but then I was bringing my family down with it. And so I prayed to St. Joseph for two and a half years, and, uh, and he took me in a very different direction. I assumed I was going to win a job with a professional symphony orchestra or something, and that's how I was going to take care of things. But uh, God had a very, very different path for me, and it was because of uniformity to his will, that openness to his will, that humility. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for that, honestly, I say that consecration to Our Lady because she just, you know, she tells me what to do. I was telling you this, and it's kind of like what you're saying, John, that in discernment, one of the best abilities and the best ability in most of life is availability. I mean, you can have all the intellect. You can have all the desire. You can have all the action. You can pray every rosary and go on every pilgrimage. But if you're not spiritually available, you will not receive this grace. And that's why availability, even if you have all the other talents in the world, if you're not available, you will not receive. Yes, sir. You know, and that's that's a really important thing because... 
what takes away our availability, attachment to other things, attachment yeah. to the world, yeah. attachment to our own desires. And when you free yourself of those things, that's when you become available to God, yeah. right? Amen. Yeah, Amen. It's, the, it's the greatest journey known to man, as Augustine says. Yeah. The journey of, of the path that God has created for you and struggling along the way. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. St. Augustine, he's come up a lot. It's the shirt. There it is. Um, so, out. I mean, I hope all of you out there listening to this, you know, both on the stream and all you people out there. I mean, I hope this is, you know, giving you a little bit of things to think about. And when you go back to your school, when you leave this amazing SEEK conference and you're going back to your actual life where you're not in this, you know, swirling environment where there's just priests and nuns and John Heinen and Ryan Delacrosse walking around and you're not with your people and you're in the real world. That's when it's going to become it's going to hit you. Yeah. And I hope that at least what we we're talking about is something that you can bring back with you Um and at least ponder in your heart and make yourself available to both the mercy and the humility that opens you up to God's grace because this is a very difficult time in your lives at your ages. I mean, gosh, at 19, it's, yeah, it's tough. No at 20, it's no tough. Clue. The world's offering at you 47 so much. 47 is tough. Yeah, right. there you Sorry, go. guys. <laughs> yeah. It's no easy street. It's yeah. a, it, there is nothing. Yeah, but it's a little bit of a different <laughs> challenge when you're 47, you know, or yeah. 42 or... Yeah, it just changed. Yeah. The circumstances change. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's but right. go, you know, go back to your school and and discern, and remember that God loves you exactly where you're at, and you just have to respond and be available to Him. Yeah. So, what are some practical tips, John? You know, that they could take back some real concrete actions they could take to help discern, but also help protect their faith yeah. as they go back to you know their schools and their lives. Absolutely. So, I mean, we'll just kind of do a wrap up of, yeah. of what we've been talking about, but. Um, if you're an individual that likes to read, then I, I've mentioned a couple books that I would definitely encourage. Uniformity with God's Will, Searching for and Maintaining Peace. I'm also a huge fan of Introduction to Devout Life and uh, Don Lorenzo Scupoli's Spiritual Combat, all these great ones. Um, if you're a person who likes to listen to podcasts, listen to these guys' podcasts, right? It, it's inspiring and it's joy-filled. And, um, and if that's what uh, you know, brings you closer to Christ, then do that. But... First and foremost, stay consistent to the Eucharist, right? Stay consistent to weekly Mass. If you can go to an extra Mass a week, do that. If you can go to adoration, do that. If we're looking for daily devotions, right? All these devotions are geared towards one thing, to grow in love of Christ and for to experience Christ's love through us, right? And so we've got Ryan Delacrosse over here who came at it from a very different perspective of, of just being hit by that love of Christ. And then from that grew these devotions, grew this desire to spend more time with him. For me, I, I forced myself, I required myself to spend more time so that I could experience his love. So we came at it from very different perspectives. So every temperament's different, but stay consistent, stay true, stay true to your prayer time. If if you fall, get right back up. Holy stubbornness, as St. Um, Jose Maria Escriva uh, mentioned. Get back up. Keep on pursuing. There, are, The church is an infinite treasure trove of possibilities to help you with there. Find good friends. If you do not have good friends, find good friends that, you, that can lift you up, that can help you when you fall, and that can help you grow closer from sin to God. Yeah, I mean, almost every person is the sum of the five people they hang around with the most. Absolutely. That's what forms you, the people are around you. And uh, I'm thinking about right now, you know, our recently departed and very much beloved Pope Benedict XVI. Mm. And he had one of the most 
astounding minds. And I really do think he is, will be a saint and a doctor of the church and all the books and all the theological writings that he wrote. And then uh, his last words were the summation of his words and his work, which was, Jesus, I love you. Yeah. I mean, all the complexities, it came down to that. And just don't forget that he loves you and then love him back. And a lot of the rest of it will take care of Amen. itself through his grace it takes and through care the Holy be Spirit. Be at peace. Yeah, yeah be at not. peace. Yeah. And don't be afraid. Yeah. Oh, and start yes. investing now. That's the other advice <laughs> yeah, if you're 19, start, right? Start investing, compound yeah. interest. Yeah. Um, Wear good shoes, so, eat healthy, <laughs> brush your teeth. Absolutely. Floss. Well, thank you guys, and thank yeah. you for letting me yeah. join you on the show. It's been incredible. Yeah, and I want to give one more shout-out to yeah. Focus, the Seek 23 conference. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Spoke Street. This is an amazing experience, great booth. I want to give a shout-out to a lot of the friends we have here. Hollow, Exodus 90, Augustine Institute, Choose Life, Sock Religious, Everything Catholic. And then a really big thank you, everyone, for John Heine from The Catholic Gentleman. Go check it out, Catholic Gentleman. Uh, really great resource for men and then also for women. If you watch this, it's kind of like looking at the playbook and on finding a man who will treat you right. You know, <laughs> it's true. It's, I would say 35% of our site visits and, and yeah, listeners they're smart. are women. They're the ones who are like, yeah. That's, where do I find a dude like that? Someone Inside who watches the Catholic baseball. Gentleman, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you all for coming. Uh, Father Rich, we miss you. Wish you could have been yeah, here. Uh, we were praying for you the whole time. Absolutely. And uh, thank you, everyone. Yeah, God bless you See guys. See you next thank one. Thank you. Bye, guys. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on the Focus Seek conference, visit seek.focus.org. This episode of the Seek 23 podcast was produced by Spoke Street. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.